Hi, everybody. Thanks for inviting me to your meeting tonight and giving me this opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope with you all. Um, this qualification is an important part of my 12-step work, and it helps me to stay in recovery. Um, I grew up in a small town in Illinois, and I I had one brother. I grew up in a really normal family. I always felt kind of normal um, until I got to be about maybe five years old. And then I noticed that I was different than everybody else. And people would make comments about how I was chubby or maybe bigger than my brother or bigger than my cousins. And um, <clears throat> it just felt like something was missing from the, the time I was pretty young. And I would always go to food to make myself feel better. And I think that was just compulsive eating starting from a really young age. And maybe, probably by the time I was in second grade, I, I weighed about 100 pounds. And I know that my parents were really concerned about me, about my health, but they didn't really know what to do because neither of them were ever really heavy. And so they put me on a diet when I was nine, and that made me feel kind of singled out and like there was something wrong with me, which I already felt like there was something wrong with me, but I think it kind of put a stigma on me, um, like mentally, psychologically, and <clears throat> it just kind of started um, a cycle of yo-yo dieting for me, and restricting, binging, purging um, throughout my teen years. I would lose weight successfully, gain it back, and then some, lose it again through restricting and over-exercising, and I began that cycle. So I was trying to control food and control my body image, control my body itself. Um, I was very body-obsessed, very um, food-obsessed, and just felt like there was something that I had to be controlling with it all the time. It was never out of my mind at any time. And I would try lots of different diets and it was basically a way of life. Um, I didn't know how to live any other way besides dieting. I was always on a diet. That was just the way that I lived. <laughs> it was like um, just constantly trying to eat and get into a smaller size, and try to be normal, quote-unquote normal. And just the obsession with the food and dieting and my body and myself, the obsession with myself, um, really just turned into having um, just strained relationships with the people around me. Um, I became resentful of people. I became manipulative 
and, you know, it really was, you know, the thing that made me different really wasn't the fact that I was heavier. That really wasn't the thing. That was just a symptom of it, um, you know, but I didn't know it at the time, but I really um, just had this spiritual sickness. And I was using food, either restricting it or binging on it to make me feel better. I was using it as a way to comfort myself and to feel better. And um, I was just really depressed and sad and, you know, just not reliable And I, you know, I ended up being pretty lonely as a, an older teen because most of my friends had grown up and they had, you know, forged relationships with people. And I really didn't have that. I was pretty dysfunctional and just still that I had that self-obsession and I just had a lot of fear and denial of my compulsions. I didn't even want to think about it. Um, I thought that there was there was something wrong with me psychologically. I thought it was just depression or anxiety that was causing me um, to do these crazy things. And um, you know, then one day, as as I got to be a young adult, I decided that I was just going to be a people pleaser, and that I was going to, and you know, I was going to work work on becoming normal. That I was going to get my act together and be normal, and I was going to, you know, get a job and be successful, and that everyone was going to be happy with me, and that I would at least appear to be normal even though I still had these issues going on under the surface. Um, I was still trying to control my food. I was still restricting. I was still starving myself and then binging and obsessing about what I was going to eat, eating in secret, trying to cover up the food that I had eaten. If I did eat something, stay at my parents' house, and I didn't want anyone to know, I would try to cover it up, and I just deceived everyone around me, and most of the time when I was deceiving people, it had to do with food, you know, I was hiding it from them, and that feeling that I got from compulsive eating was also something that I was grappling with, because I wanted to feel that comfort, and I felt good when I was eating, but I was constantly chasing it because it would go away, and then I was wanting more and more and more, and that was when those binges would happen, and then the anxiety and depression would set in and cause me those deeper feelings of guilt and remorse and you know it just caused deeper issues with my family and I didn't really realize how much it was hurting me until 
I saw that it was hurting the people around me after I had, you know, I had gotten married and had children. And I realized that I really had started hurting them through my behaviors. Uh, what I had done was really selfish. And I felt so powerless. Because, and I, I was just really angry. I didn't know what to do. And I was really looking for answers about what was wrong with me because I knew something was wrong with me. But my searching was always in what diet should I go on and what vitamins should I take and, you know, should I go to a different therapist and should I try different antidepressant or, you know, should I should I keep going to... You know, should I try yoga now or what should I do? Um, it was always looking for all these different man-made solutions that just didn't quite do the trick. And I was always left with the food as my solution. And, you know, that would, the food was my whole world. And then eventually the food stopped working. And that was when I was hitting rock bottom. And that was during the pandemic, the middle of the pandemic in 2021. And I realized that if I didn't do something really soon, I was going to die, you know, from this disease, that it was going to eventually kill me. And that I really had to do something because I was starting to, you know, get closer to 300 pounds and I was having trouble getting around more. And I knew that if that happened, I was going to be in serious trouble health-wise. So I remembered that years ago that I had a therapist who had mentioned OA to me, but at the time I thought, no, there's no way. There is no way I'm a compulsive eater. Compulsive eaters do crazy things, and I'm not one of those. No way. I don't eat like that. And I was just completely in denial. And when I got to my rock bottom, it dawned on me that, yes, I am a compulsive eater, and I am doing those things, and I have always done those things, and that denial is real, and that I was now being given this gift of being desperate enough to ask for help and to realize just how powerless I really am. So I did eventually get to OA meetings that I attended a few different kinds. And um, I found a sponsor who led me through the steps and she told me about having food neutrality and how she didn't necessarily, you know, obsess about food anymore and that food is just a symptom of the disease and I really wanted what she had at that time and I I worked the steps with her and I said that I would go to any lengths for victory over compulsive eating at that time and I made a promise to God that I would do that when I took my third step and when I made those decisions of steps, steps one through three, you know, I made those promises and those decisions. And then I started taking action in steps four through nine. Those are 
that's when we start taking action. And when I started doing that, just the act of trusting and relying upon my higher power started to transform my life. When we trust in our higher power, that is what transforms us. It can transform us spiritually, which is, I think, what makes the physical transformation possible. But, you know, it it really, really works physically also. Um, the spiritual part is what came first for me. And um, I really had to acknowledge the harms that I had done to people and to be willing to make amends to them. When I became willing to make amends to people and to clean up my side of the street is really when that physical transformation started to happen for me. And thank you. Um, I had to become willing to to take action to clean up my side of the street. And I do take action every day in my program in steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, I do a morning meditation. I set my thinking right. I do an 11th step every single night so I can review my day and make sure that I haven't missed anything. And I do a lot of 12-step work. I do a lot of work with newcomers because I believe that newcomers are kind of the cornerstone of my recovery, um, reaching out to someone who is still suffering is what I think keeps me in recovery because I can't keep what I have unless I'm giving it away. I've been given it so freely that I need to also give it away. It's very vital to my recovery. And I, I keep these promises <clears throat> um, because I am working my program. And I have maintained, uh, I've lost and maintained 60, about 65 pounds, and I'm not obsessed about it. I'm not body obsessed. Um, I'm still working on it. I'm still continuing to maintain my spiritual progress. And I know that it's everybody. Um, but my life is now happy, joyous, and free. I am free from the obsession of food as long as I stay in fit spiritual condition. I have to keep working this program. I do not have a choice. I have to admit that I am a compulsive overeater. I will never be cured. And I must must work this program every single day. And as long as I do that, I will have food neutrality and I'm able to use these tools from OA. And, um, you know, life is not perfect. Things happen, life happens. You know, I've gone through many, many struggles since I've come to OA, but I am present. I listen to what my kids say instead of being wrapped up in my own issues and self-seeking motives. And my marriage has improved. My relationships have improved. I've been able to keep contact with people that I thought I would never talk to again. So um, I can enjoy being with people once more instead of isolating. And that is, um, that is priceless. 
to me. And um, I know that I need this program. If I, if I let it go, I will die. And uh, I just need to keep coming back. And that's what, I, that's what I urge everyone to do is to just keep coming back. And um, keep coming back until you hear the recovery you want. And it is here. It does work if you work it. Um, and with that, I will pass. My, uh, my contact information is 847-846-0474. And I am in Central Time. I am a Recovered Available Sponsor. And you can call or text anytime. Thank you so much for having me tonight.